Hey, Chris here from the Over 40 Freaking Awesome Podcast. Welcome to another episode where I answer questions submitted by guys over 40 who are just trying to keep our asses in shape. Questions all about working out, losing weight, sleep, stress, supplements, building healthier lifestyle habits. Today, I'm going to be answering four questions all about creatine supplementation, about a minimalist approach to working out to get your ass in shape, about whether bread is able or not when it comes to muscle building and the best workout split for guys over 40 just trying to get in shape. So let's jump in and start answering some questions. So Darren in Leeds in the UK asks, are there any benefits to supplementing with creatine monohydrate as older guys or is it just something for younger guys. Now, creatine monohydrate has been around for 20, 25 years now. It is one of the best research supplements out there. Its efficiency has been proven beyond doubt. Essentially, it helps us last longer with any anaerobic exercise that we're doing, whether that's muscle building workouts or sprint type training. It's kind of power workouts. Excellent for helping us last a little bit longer. So it's been shown to help guys, for example, push a couple of reps beyond what they would be able to do in the gym were they not supplementing with creatine monohydrate. Creatine also helps uh, the muscles hold on to a little bit of water, which gives muscles a bit of a fuller look. And that's why you will often see these very impressive before and after photographs in the marketing blurb for creatine because the muscles look fuller. It looks like guys have built significant amounts of muscles. It's more of an aesthetic thing, but it still looks nice. But in terms of whether creatine is useful for older guys, several studies have shown that not only is it useful, it is the ideal thing for guys in 40s, 50s, and all the way up to our 70s to take to both retain what muscle mass we do have as we get older, but we can still use it to build extra muscle mass regardless of our age. Only start supplementing with creatine in your 40s, 50s, and beyond if you've already been working out for a while. Otherwise, you won't really know if it's working for you. Not everyone responds to creatine. Some people are non-responders where it doesn't seem to have any effect at all. So I would recommend if you've been working out for a while and you've experienced hitting a couple of plateaus where you're not really making progress, start supplementing with creatine. That may be what you need to push through that plateau and make progress again, but at least then you have something to compare it with. They're not currently working out and you start supplementing with creatine. Who knows if it works for you or not? You may be taking it unnecessarily. A couple of quick notes about brands and dosages and things like that. So because creatine has been around for so long, it's basically a commodity item. Creatine monohydrate is just a basic thing that works for everyone. Supplement companies obviously want to make a bit more money though, so they have tried to create different variations that promise uh, better absorption or faster progress. Creatine monohydrate is still the best out there. They will also recommend that you mega load front. So for about a week, you have 20 grams of creatine and then you come down to four or five grams a day on an ongoing basis. That preloading is unnecessary as well. You're just using up more creatine unnecessarily. So don't get sucked into non-monohydrate variations or with that preloading. But one thing I would recommend is if you're on Amazon looking for what creatine to take, look for micro-ionized. That means it's a finer powder. It mixes better in the protein shake or the juice that you're adding it to on a daily basis. It doesn't taste gritty. It doesn't have a weird aftertaste and it's better absorbed. So 
When you're looking for what creatine monohydrate to buy, I recommend the micro-ionized stock. Just pick whatever brand is cheapest and is micro-ionized. Don't overthink it. And then on a daily basis, just take four or five grams every day. There is no need to mega load up front. But absolutely, as I said, creatine monohydrate is an excellent supplement for guys over 40, 50 and beyond to take to retain and build muscle, especially if you've been working out for a while. Next question comes in from Guy or Guy maybe in Montreal in Canada. He asks, what is the ideal workout schedule for older guys? Is there a perfect workout split as we get older for building muscle and staying strong? So a couple of things to be aware of when it comes to working out in the gym as we get a little bit older. Number one, our recovery times are a little longer than they would have been in our 20s and 30s. So soreness will remain a wee bit longer than maybe it used to. And our muscles take just a little bit longer to be ready for a bit more punishment. Second thing to be aware of is that studies have shown that for guys our age, hitting muscle groups at least twice a week is the ideal way to make progress. So our days of having a leg day, a back day and a chest day should probably be over this point because we simply don't benefit from only hitting a muscle group with a mega blast of volume once a week and then leaving alone for a week. So on the basis of those two things, I always recommend to guys as we get a little bit older, if you're training three times a week, do three soon body routines each week. And if you're trying to train four times a week, then following a push-pull split where you do two push workouts and two pull workouts each week is also a great way to tip each body part a couple of times a week, but recover in time. With three full body routines, that obviously means you're just hitting every muscle group for three or four sets in every workout. And with a push-pull split, that means you do push-pull, push-pull across the week. A push workout would be your chest, your shoulders, your triceps, and your quads, front of your legs. A pull workout would be your hamstrings, your glutes, your biceps, and your upper and lower back. Those are your two workouts. You're doing each of those workouts twice a week for four to six sets per body part per workout. That way we can spread the volume across the week. We can recover in time for every workout and we don't feel beaten up. We don't feel sore all the time, but we're still making progress in terms of getting stronger, getting fitter and building a little muscle if that's our goal. Simply going for full body routines or that push-pull split, depending on the frequency of your workouts, is the way to go. Moving on to our next question, this comes from Steve in California who asks, is bread okay for muscle building or will I just gain fat? Bread has been fairly demonized over the years with low carb diets and keto diets cutting out carbs almost completely. Bread is almost seen as the the really evil one, like pasta, oats, rice, potatoes are evil-ish. Bread is seen as super evil. Don't eat bread. Bread is bad. Now for me, life is too short to do without bread. I love fresh bread. I am not going to give up bread regardless of what any diet tells me to do. But if you're trying to build muscle, then you need to get carbs from somewhere. For example, if you're having to eat, say, 3,000 calories every day to try and build some muscle, 200 grams of protein is enough per day, but that's only 800 calories. You now have 2,200 calories to get from somewhere else in your diet to get up to 3,000 calories. Now, those have to come from either fat or from carbohydrates. So unless you're going to walk around eating sticks of butter all day, getting all of those calories from fat, you're going to need to eat some carbohydrates and possibly a few hundred grams of carbohydrates over the course of the day. We need carbohydrates to fuel muscle growth. You need to be in a calorie surplus to fuel the building of extra muscle mass. And so 
carbohydrates are the ideal thing for you to eat. So, like I said, things like pasta, rice, potatoes, and things like that are excellent sources of carbohydrates. The thing is, those need a bit of preparation. You need to cook those things. You need to heat them up in some way. Bread is right there. Bread is right there in a packet you can grab it and eat it. So, by all means, bread can and should contribute to your total carbohydrate intake each day because it's just so easy to prepare. However, all breads aren't created equal. And this is where the bread is the evil thing probably comes from. Because if you look at that kind of super processed white life bread you find in the supermarket, the stuff with like a shelf life of about a year, it can probably survive a nuclear attack. That stuff is fairly nasty because it is just very, very high in sugar, very high glycemic index rating too. And so it will peak our insulin levels and may lead to fat gain if you're basing too much of your diet on this kind of cheap, nasty bread. It is okay sometimes, but it shouldn't be your staple bread. When it comes to bread, the darker, the better, basically. So whole wheat bread, bread with seeds in it, pumpernickel bread, things like that. Even for you hipsters, sourdough bread is great too. The fresher, the better. The less processed it is, the better. Bread can help you build muscle if you're trying to get several hundreds of grams of carbohydrates into your diet each day to get into the calorie surplus that you need to to build muscle mass. The nasty white bread should not be your go-to carbohydrate, obviously, for most of those, but there is absolutely no harm in you having some of the healthier, darker breads for your breakfasts and lunches. On to our last question, Dean asks, what is the minimum amount of effort I need to put in each week to get in shape? I am super busy, but if I just know the minimum amount I need to do, I think I can do that. A man after my own heart. What a great question, Dean. A minimalist approach to getting in shape is always what I try and do as well, because why would we work out more than we need to, to make progress? Why would we restrict our calories or eat weird stuff in a diet if we don't need to? If there's an easier way, why would we not do that? So it's a great question, Dean. When it comes to fitness, plenty of studies have shown that people do two or three, 10 or 15 minute short, brutal workouts every week that they can uh, get in shape. They can get fitter, they can get stronger, they can build some muscle. In practice, though, such brutal workouts, having to work at such high intensity, often puts people off doing the workout at all. So even if studies show that these hardcore, jumpy around, brutal workout programs will work for you, if you're not going to stick with that workout program for long enough to make progress, then technically it's not the best way for you to get in shape. So then let's look at a more realistic, a more doable program, but still as minimalist as possible. What is the minimum amount of workout that I think you can probably do each week, realistically, that will get you in shape? If you can fit in about an hour and a half, say three 30-minute workouts per week, all mostly strength training, challenging every muscle group until that muscle can't do anymore, and tacking on some uh, short interval training. So sprint, then rest, sprint, then rest on a random cardio machine in the gym if you do that for a few minutes at the end. That will be enough if you push yourself hard enough a few times during each workout. You can make progress. You can retain what muscle you have. You can build extra muscle. You can increase your lung capacity and your anaerobic cardiovascular fitness too. So about an hour and a half in total, probably spread over three half-hour workouts or two 45-minute workouts is enough. It's probably the minimum amount that I would recommend that someone does in order to see and feel some progress. But then there's other things that you need to do across your life 
I suppose, in order to help your body run properly so it can still respond to those workouts. For example, you need some general stamina and fitness just to get through your life. So if you could try and up your daily activity levels, whether that's using walking to run some errands or getting out for a hike at the weekend or something, that's another good thing to add into your locker. But then when it comes to actual lifestyle things, you need to cut back on sugar. You need to cut back on alcohol, certainly during the week. I need to prioritize your sleep. Those things will make sure your body is running properly. Your metabolism's running properly. Your testosterone levels are staying high. And so your body will respond to the workouts that you're doing. So by all means, you could try to do a couple of those very short, hardcore, brutal workouts for 10 or 15 minutes per week. They will technically be the minimum amount of effort to do to get in shape. But I don't think most guys our age can be asked doing that kind of brutal workout for long enough to make progress. So like I said, realistically, about an hour and a half of a combination of strength, short sprint type training is enough to build all around fitness and to improve your body shape. But there's a few lifestyle things you need to add into the mix too with sleep, booze, sugar, and just upping your general daily activity levels. So I hope that helps, Dean. And I hope that sounds like something you can stick to. And that is us done again for another week. I hope the answers to those questions have helped you to get your life set up to thrive as you get a little bit older. Like I said, if you want to submit a question, click on the link in the description to become a subscriber to my weekly email newsletter. Then you can submit questions to your heart's content. Please do like, subscribe, review, leave a comment, interact with me in some way. I love hearing from guys my age, even if it's just about sports, but I'll talk to you next week. Take care. 